Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, and by DieHard. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. This is MotorWeek podcast number 103. I am not John Davis, however. Uh, just attempting to fill in for him. I'm Brian Robinson, one of the writers here, along with our other uh, faithful writer, Patrick Lucas. Hello. Uh, Road Test producer, Ben Davis. In the house. And Greg Carlos. I'm also in the house, just All right. in the different part of the house. We are actually in a, actually in a real house as well, we should mention. Um <laughs> That's, we won't say whose it is. Your share of the utility bills, too. Ten four. All right, but uh, rest assured, we will have the usual uh, rundown here of a few cars we've been uh, testing recently, as well as a lightning round question and a viewer question. So we'll get right into it with the 2014 Audi RS7. And uh, actually, the most powerful Audi you can buy here in the States. Uh, not the R8, as some might uh, expect. Uh, who's driven it and who wants to talk about it? I drove it. Uh, I would also I would like to talk about it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, whatever you just said, it's the fastest Audi that they produce in the States. And, I mean, it is fast. It's hard not to drive fast in that car. I mean, I know uh, it's got the, like, the cylinder deactivation, so when you are driving lightly, it shuts off uh, for the cylinder, so you're running essentially in, in V4 mode. But honestly, I dare you to try and drive slow enough to to actually uh, experience that. But I, I imagine I, ca- I came across it, but it never really made itself apparent to me that I was in V4 mode. So, you know, if, if it actually did come on while I was driving, I didn't notice it. So kudos to Audi on that one. It certainly had a lot of power off the line, but I think even more impressively, when you were doing already doing like seventy or eighty, and you got on it, I think it would just take off like few cars I've oh, driven. I definitely didn't yeah. have it up that high. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was just in the driveway and leave it here. <laughs> yeah, but. Not only do you have ultimate power, but there's just so many creature comforts in that car too. So you had the best of both worlds, absolutely. Yeah, car sounds ridiculous. Um, you can get it sounding really, really loud and like aggressive. But I was surprised. I guess driving moderately, you know, normal commuting driving. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty quiet. It can kind of, you know, uh, reserve itself a lot, like with the cylinder deactivation, the noise. It, you can, you can commute well, and then you can really get on it, and it's a totally different car. Even it, did you have it in its loudest setting and noticed it was quiet when you were commuting? Um, no, I didn't really play around too much with all the different modes. I just, you know, other than like sport modes. I went like to straight loudest so you could go every time I started it up. <laughs> yeah, it does sound good. Um, yeah, it's on, on startup especially. It had the nice crack to it. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, especially um, when we took it to the track. Every shift, I mean, it was accompanied by that crack. It was <laughs> awesome. And, and speaking of track, I mean, this thing just has phenomenal grip with Quattro. I mean, we got it to, I think, 3.8 or whatever the factory uh, projections are for that engine. Um, we got right on it, and that's sub four, so really phenomenal at the track and that's one of my favorite engines that four liter twin turbo that's the same one i think in the bentley gtv8 yeah i think yeah. so yeah yeah so sweet East. engine and like benny said the interior is like off the charts nice i mean i'm not sure who Audi's competing with other than themselves as far as like just totally awesome interiors well, uh, I guess some would say maybe Mercedes, but I, I I prefer Audi myself. Yeah, I mean, I know we kind of went overboard on the S Class. We talked about that interior. I think the Audis are still 
What's the What's the uh, RS7 prior, as, as we as we tested it? Um, what am I supposed to remember that? I don't know. It was uh, like 120. No, I was thinking more 140. Is it really that? Uh, it was. Oh man, I can't remember what exactly that price just, was. I would say over 120. I just remember sure being surprised that it was that expensive. I mean, I know it's ridiculous performance, really nice, but. It just doesn't look like that expensive of a car. Well, okay, looks. Does anybody not sold on the look of the? I mean, I love, A7, I love the look of Super it aggressive. What? Well, it's weird. I, if somebody were to say to me before this car came in, "How do you like the you know, the, the A seven S seven? I would have said, "I'm you know, I'm not a super big fan of it." But you know, the longer you're around it, the more it grows on you. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was super aggressive looking. I thought it was pretty tame, almost sleeper. I, I guess our levels of aggression are skewed. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what if, if you're like real down low, looking at a dead on, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the exact price, but I do remember it was twenty five grand over an S seven base price. So I don't know. I doubt that many people that buy them are even getting all the performance out of an S seven. Mm-hmm. So I mean, is it just bragging rights buying the RS seven? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you kind of wonder how much, how many of those cars actually make it to a, a track for recreational mm-hmm. use or something like that. But I guess in areas where there's motor clubs, maybe. Mm, motor clubs. I love motor clubs. <laughs> have to check that out. All right, uh, moving on to a car that's just as exciting, but a few less horsepower would be the all-new Subaru Legacy. That's right. Also all-wheel drive, much like the Audi RS7. Um, also a four-door. Um, and, <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> what are you trying to say, man? <laughs> he's just and, he's grasping and, for a segue. And now, and I've, yeah, and now I've run out of comparisons. Uh, all right. Uh, anybody else want to drop in on that? Um, yeah, it's <laughs> going from the RS7 to the No, it's, it's, it's a perfectly fine car. Um, I know I had complaints, and I think a few other people did. It's just like... It's almost like an emotionless car. It just doesn't really instill a lot of feelings from me one way or the other. I mean, it's perfectly fine. It gets you where you need to go. It's uh, definitely an upgraded interior over other Subarus. It looks fine on the outside, but it just doesn't really have anything that separates it for for me, uh, you know, from a Camry or an Accord. How do you guys feel about the much-needed new audio system? Yeah, it was a vast improvement. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the best out there, but they went from certainly the worst out there to <laughs> one of the best. Is that? Uh, I don't know if anybody else can answer this question. It's very similar to Toyota's new Entune system, uh-huh. and I know there's some. There might be some uh, crossover there between Subaru and Toyota. Yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, I noticed um, some definite similarities there i just didn't know if anybody knew anything mm-hmm. further maybe patrick our writer I researcher know. i do not know i couldn't tell you um it's certainly it? very similar um but yeah i mean i think every car in that segment is kind of whatever so i mean now it's just as good as the best car in that segment i would say and it's all wheel drive so yeah, yeah, yeah. you got that going on they're definitely the only ones that have that standard most don't even have it available and i'm, I'm sure it crashes maybe pretty well yeah, it, it, it does have it does have the uh, the new crash as well um, with the eyesight system. I know, but we didn't. Well, we didn't. We didn't yeah, for one. some reason, we've had that and the Outback both, and they sent us the six cylinder, which yeah. I can't imagine how anybody buys, and they don't send us the eyesight, which they tout as yeah, being the greatest be great. safety system. Yeah, it's so. uh, highly ranked. What and, are you hiding, Subaru? And this has the full on uh, full auto braking up to I think they do up to like almost thirty miles an hour, really? or something like that. So, so maybe it doesn't crash so easily or well. 
<laughs> Subaru's always been uh, one of the front runners in high strength steels and 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 crash safety. So they've got an aura of safety around them, much like Volvo has. Yeah, and I think to the blandness appliance like part, that was kind of their mission with the car was to make it more mainstream. I think they felt the previous design was too, I don't know. <laughs> Um, too exciting for the segment, maybe? I don't know if that's the word. Kind of like what yeah. Mazda did with the 6 from, I guess, last generation. Mazda 6 took a step towards the mundane, whereas the one where my 05 that I have was kind of a sporty version of it. And then they realized, oh, we made a mistake. Let's go back to the sporty yeah. styling. And here's, there's a ma- and here's a manual trans, too. We're the only ones that yeah. let you have and one of those. The legacy's here with only CVT only, right? You can't mm-hmm. get anything yeah, else. Manual or automatic. I'm, that's the, you know, the man's starting to beat me down on that one. Like, I just don't even care anymore. Like, CVTs, they're, they're starting to get... <laughs> Pretty decent. I mean, as far as they go, that the Subaru one's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they build they build them with those steps so that it, it actually more or feels less feels like, like an automatic transmission. transmission. Still, Which, though, if you're like merging on the highway, it's a full on buzz. Yeah, yeah there's mm-hmm. some awkwardness. Yeah. Definitely. Um, all right, I guess we covered that. Moving on to the Volkswagen E Golf. I imagine by the E in front of the Golf. We're talking about some type of electric vehicle. Uh, you you would be correct. Um, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful segue. Um, right on. Uh, yeah, the Smooth. Golf is all new, totally redesigned this year, and uh, so Volkswagen decided to jump on the electric vehicle uh, bandwagon, um, as a lot of people are, and it's a pretty good attempt. I mean, it's the technology is pretty much on par with other EVs that have come out in the last couple years leaf spark ev stuff like that i mean 70 to 90 mile range uh it's got like a top speed of 87 miles an hour so you're not gonna be going fast but you wouldn't want to because you'd kill your range anyway um charging is i don't know around four hours with the optional 240 volt charger uh it's got the dc fast charging which is like 80 percent charge in 30 minutes um the standout one or the standout feature for the e-golf uh that i noticed over other uh electric vehicles that i've been in personally um is just the fact that it feels a lot more familiar than other things like you get in the leaf and that thing is just like all right i'm gonna have to take like five minutes look at everything figure out how to get this thing even like in drive with that weird shifter (laughs) not all these weird like gauges and stuff like that this is a lot more normal it's just like you know a a shift knob that you pull down into drive mode and you're driving Uh, everything feels normal um so you know it's not technologically an improvement over anything that you can get right now but you know comfort uh livability stuff like that it's definitely the most normal and should so be appealing similar to like the ford focus ev just right just exactly straight up, yeah exactly the same but just the electric motor well how, as far as handling is it you know hanging there with the rest of the golf lineup well or? so far i've only driven the gti um i haven't driven a base golf um but it felt you know i wouldn't say nimble but i mean it, it felt fine to drive on the road like any other you know compact hatchback like that is it um when's it available for purchase wasn't there some talk of it not coming over here i think it's going on they're doing that like select market on sale thing i think the first quarter of next year so i don't know four or five six months from now maybe um yeah so i don't know if it'll ever be a mainstream availability but i guess people like california that west coast market did they say pricing or anything? Yeah, the, around 36000 which is a lot when you think about it, because I was just looking up the 
2015 leaf prices after that government rebate you can get one for like 21,000. Yeah, but this it's been lowering their prices on the Yeah, but this this out. does come only in one trim level which is the top trim level of the Golfs. So you're getting I think it's all LED uh, all LED headlights um leather or leatherette whatever they use <laughs> that, you know, that faux leather uh, seat cover stuff like that navigation stuff like that so i mean you know it's i don't know i guess it's volkswagen right now just trying to say we're doing this too yeah cool. it's interesting we we had a whole ra- uh, wave of evs there for a while and then the last couple of years it's kind of tapered off yep and now we're kind of getting started back up again this one i think the soul ev is coming out and it seems to be more along that line uh, more of like a normal car now just yeah, an think, ev drive yeah train. the leaf definitely got like uh, electric cars really mainstream but then i don't know the interior was just a little funky for me and i think a lot of people when they see it between the out the outside design and the interior uh you know some of the knobs and switch gear and stuff like that i think the this more mainstream approach and not messing with the base car that it's based on is I think we'll work better. I don't know. There's always something to be said for you know people driving an EV. They kind of want not that is, they want everyone to know that you know they're driving an eco freak mobile and they're better than you because they're doing their part for the environment. Yeah, right? it's a toss up right now. So. <laughs> wow, not that you're angry. <laughs> talked about that aggressiveness. Uh, wrong car, I guess. Right. Anybody else? Any uh, E impressions on the E Golf? Uh, we'll have a quick spin coming up soon. Right on. So stay, stay tuned for that. Also stay tuned for our test of LaFerrari. You may have heard about it. If you haven't, uh, then tune in on October 3rd when we'll have a uh, test on that exclusively very rare Ferrari that very yeah. few people will get to own. Extremely rare. And so the, the one we test is actually the, uh, the first one in the country. Very nice. Yeah, so uh, there's only four currently in the country. That's wow. one of four in the country. Well, wow. and if you're listening to this on October 4th, <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you other than maybe you have to look it up online, maybe. Right? <laughs> Could be more by then. <laughs> yeah, really. We'll have to update you as they come in. Oh, I'm sure yeah. they might get wrecked here and there, so the number <laughs> might may stay pretty steady. Okay, let's move on to our lightning round where we have two minutes to debate this topic. And then we'll hear a bell. All right. Uh, Good. Nice and short one. Don't have to read a whole lot. 2016 Mazda MX-5 Miata debuted recently. How we feeling about it? Awesome. (laughs) Really? Yep, awesome. Yeah, that car looks amazingly awesome. Wow. You can definitely tell the alpha influences there through the profile. And um, I think they took a lot lot of the uh, cartoon look out of the front end where it looked like a koi fish a little bit. Um, now it looks much more aggressive and uh, much more, much more awesome. It's part of the whole uh, what is it? Kodo uh, Soul of Motion. Soul of or, Motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dropping knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So that started with I think the CX Five started with that, and then came in the the M, or the uh, Mazda Six, Mazda Three, and now the MX Five with that um, with that whole style. And yeah, it looks way better than the last one that we tested. <laughs> Not to say that. Well, I will say, I just didn't like the styling of yeah, the previous MX-5. It's just, it looked really, uh, like like Ben said, cartoonish and a lot like a, a koi fish. So It looked like a tattoo art version of a, what a Miata used to look like. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't think too many people were buying them for the looks. I think they were buying them despite of the looks. 
Well, now yeah. people can buy them for the looks. Oh, it looks is. way better. We've officially declared that to be the case. Uh, is there any uh, rumored powertrain upgrades? or is It's it sky just... active. I right. know that. Uh, I don't think they said. I haven't seen anything else as far as numbers or or anything, but I assume it's just four-cylinder. Yeah, I can't imagine they'd mess with that too much. Normally aspirated. That's a shame. Hopefully they'll plop the um, 4C motor in it at some point with the turbo. Yeah, a, a car would needs a small turbo. Hopefully, uh, I'm sure one out of the Abarth would be cool. Yeah, the, uh, the inter- we got a couple interior shots too, didn't we? I, I don't think it was like a, uh, a a pre mock-up. I think it was an actual picture or something, but it looked pretty cool. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, it looked uh, much upgraded. And then now that I am thinking about, it, I can't remember if they tacked on that. A lot of the companies are starting to put the uh, nav screen as like an add-on feature. Not right, that it is an add-on, but right, it's like right. clipped kind of on top of the dash. Yeah, I yeah. hate that. Uh, Mercedes is doing it mm-hmm. now, and it's yeah. like I don't I really dislike it. I'm not sure why. That's becoming a trend. Hmm. Oh, good timing. <laughs> Crazy that's how that uncanny works. how that is. Huh? Uh, all right, let's move on to our viewer question. A viewer. Uh, to be named later, would like to know some good recommendations for a two-door, four- or five-passenger cars that get high MPGs, meaning more than 40 miles per gallon. It's a very specific car this gentleman or lady is looking for. Uh, It must work for Volkswagen or something. must just want us to talk about Volkswagen. (laughs) The only one I can think of is a a TDI Golf in a two-door variant. If you even can get a two-door TDI, I imagine it would be hard to track one down if you really wanted one. What's a Civic uh, get MPG-wise, a two-door Civic? It's got to be close to 40, highway anyway. Right. Yeah. This says high. Uh, oh, you're talking. Uh, f- uh, oh, I thought you meant in the 40s. Mm, up well, to 40. probably like 40 would be yeah. the benchmark yeah. if you get it on the highway. Because I don't think you're gonna. I mean, it's already a rare group, I think. But you know, that 40 number. If you could get it on the highway, I think it would. It would fit in that category. But I don't see why you wouldn't just get the two extra doors and find way more cars. Uh, absolutely. Versa Note. <laughs> you mean, it's like note, 42 yeah. or something like that. Wouldn't it stay a little sportier? Maybe this Miata might get high 30s. Hard to say. One uh, maybe a Fiesta. Yeah. I mean, there's some... I mean, if, you, if you really like to drive, though, I'd imagine that TDI Golf is your best bet. If you can handle two more doors, you, know, you get a lot more choice. <laughs> yeah, and more room, too. I mean, these technically are four to five passenger cars, but not something you want to put adults in the uh, rear seats for sure and if you, if you can live with three passengers the uh, scion <laughs> iq uh what, what was that uh mpg wise that's got to be i don't think be, it was that i don't think great, it's crazy right? it's in yeah. the high 30s i think like 38 uh, maybe well, then that's not in the category yeah that was a disappointment yeah all, all those cars are car, designed yeah. more for parking than yeah. super high fuel economy mm. So, yeah, I guess go for four doors or it looks like you're in a Volkswagen TDI. Or a pure EV. <laughs> yeah, a TDI would be door bad, EV? though. I mean, be, are we sure that we can get that in a two-door, um, three-door? Yeah, you're, you're definitely pushing 40. MP- oh, uh, the vehicle in a two-door? Yeah. Uh, don't don't I, quote us. Not for sure. <laughs> I, know, I know, obviously, you can get a GTI in a two-door. So yeah. I would, uh, yeah. I'd imagine that it would be possible. I don't know for sure. Like I said, I'm a four-door guy all the way. Yeah, don't hate on the four doors. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) Got nothing else to add. Anybody else got anything else to add? Uh, No. Negative. All right, well, stay tuned. We'll have much more on all those cars coming up. And uh, 
Rest assured, our host, John Davis, will be back for the next podcast, hopefully. And uh, until then, I'd like to thank audio engineer Jim Bigwood, podcast creator Bob Mixter, and podcast producer Patrick Lucas. Hey. All right, Patrick. Hey. Good job. Great man. job. And Thanks, uh, be sure to check us out on our website and all the social media places that uh, everyone knows about. And, Except uh, for you. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Brian. Come on. I know about them. I just don't participate in them. It's a big difference. As he closes <laughs> his big phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, thanks for watching Motor Week, and uh, we'll see you later. You have been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, and by DieHard. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at motorweek.org. And watch MotorWeek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.